Okay, for this one, I'm going to be taking a critical look at how smart and effective or not is the law enforcement community and law enforcement leadership specifically in dealing with their critics. So when I say critics, I'm talking about the people that are pushing procedural justice, defund the police movement, Black Lives Matter, NAACP, etc., etc. So I'm going to open this one up with um, audio from a YouTube clip, okay? The YouTube clip in question is about two and a half minutes long. Uh, the YouTube channel is California Assembly Democrats. Okay, and I can remember that the original, this was actually edited down from an original clip, which was about 12 minutes. And that was, the, the 12 minutes was an uninterrupted press briefing. <coughs> uh, some other people took the podium, but it was specifically Kevin McCarty, who's a California Assemblyman, District 7, and the co-author of the Assembly Bill 731, which is a police reform bill, uh, that was happening about two and a half years ago um, when Sacramento was had a lot more um, protest activity with the Stephon Clark shooting. So after the Stephon Clark shooting, partly because uh, California or, or Democratic donors were paying for it, and because, you know, the uh, Stephon Clark uh, shooting was running its lifespan uh, on the national news cycle, um, this uh, police reform bill was being pushed. So here, I'll just play the clip and I'll uh, offer some uh, analysis. Is to act now. The nation is watching. Frankly, the world is watching right here in Sacramento. We have these incidents too often in our great country, but we had one uh, unnecessary killing right here in our own backyard of my hometown of Sacramento. It saddens me to see the attention on our hometown, but also inspires me that it's time to act here in California. Too many people ask, how can a kid with a cell phone in his family's backyard? Okay, so just, just quick observation. Kid, um, Stefan Clark, who he's talking about, was 22 at the time of his, uh, at the time of his shooting. Um, so yeah, you know, younger, you, you're in your young twenties. Is it unusual for somebody just Joe Schmo to, to refer to somebody as a kid who's that age? No, it's not. But when you're a California assemblyman who co-authored this, you know, AB 71, uh, police reform bill, you're speaking pretty imprecisely. I think you are playing to your audience who in this case, there's uh, four black men standing behind him, local activist-looking types. One of them's wearing a bow tie. You know, combination of local activist, black guy, and bow tie. I automatically think um, Nation of Islam. Who knows if that's the case or not. Then there's another guy. They're all four of them wearing suit jackets. And one of them is wearing some kind of activist t-shirt with text on it underneath the suit jacket. So, kid. Stefan Clark, 22 years old, kid, because he was shot by the police be shot to death in the back by a law enforcement officer when they see examples of the 3,000 miles away, the Parkland shooter. Okay, so what he's doing here, of course, is he's playing the moral equivalency game. He's saying that Stefan Clark shot in his own backyard, minding his own business. You know, the police rushed back there and executed him, and uh, now he's making moral equivalencies to Parkland shooting. Not an African-American kid. Not an African-American kid. Peacefully after slaughtering so many kids with an assault rifle. 
gets arrested peacefully after assaulting so many other kids with an assault rifle. Okay, he's talking about Nicholas Cruz. Nicholas Cruz, who his, you know, he after he went on his shooting rampage, his plan was to uh, ditch the weapons and uh, blend in with the fleeing victims. So, you know, blend in with the herd, blend in with the crowd, uh, act like you're just another kid being uh, evacuated from the from the school. But um, he doesn't take any of these tactical considerations into into uh, into question. Well, that's the question too many of us ask. Again, the time is now to act. Time for California. So I think he's suggesting that you know Nicholas Cruz, when he was taken into custody, was trying to blend in with the other kids that were fleeing the crime scene, the other kids that were being evacuated. There was no weapon near him at the time. And yet, Stefan Clark, who had um, texted to anybody who would listen that he was suicidal and he wanted to end himself and he wanted to take as many pills, you know, take enough pills to kill himself. And then he smashed the windows of the cars of his neighbors. And then when the cops got there, he fled, leading them on a chase and then specifically advancing on their position in a dark backyard holding and simulating his his cell phone like it was a pistol causing them to shoot him he's he's i think oversimplifying this and he's using a really he's confl he's conflating tactics and morality which is never mind that Nicholas Cruz was nowhere near a gun when he was taken into custody i think he's suggesting that because Nicholas Cruz is white and police officers are white and racist we you know, that we didn't do some kind of field tribunal and execute them on the spot, that that's proof of our racism. I think there's a whole lot of bad thinking going on here. To step up. Uh, the facts are the facts. The facts are young black men are... And here's another thing. ...are 20 times more likely to be killed at the hands of a law enforcement officer than young Caucasian men. The time is now to revise this over 100-year-old law, which... Uh, unfortunately too often justifies deadly force incidents so i don't know a lot about this congressman i know that he has a master's degree from sac state um and i i'm thinking two things are possible here either this guy is dumb enough to believe the things that he's saying or he's not dumb enough to believe the things that he's saying and he's playing up to his crowd which is you know the four guys standing behind him who are dumb enough to nod their heads in unison when he's saying these stupid things. Which is, I would say that's the, the racism that I'm seeing by the liberals. Is like when Joe Biden said, oh, you know, if you don't, if I don't, if you're, if you're black and I don't have your vote, then you ain't black. Well, I think he's kind of doing the same thing here. He's taking black support, political black support for, for, for a granted and he's saying these wrong-headed, idiotic things, knowing that these dummies standing behind him are not are going to nod their heads in unison. And this, uh, I think, uh, reasonable modernization, as Dr. Weber outlined, focuses on uh, only when necessary, as opposed to uh, when reasonable, which is very different in the eyes of the beholder. At the same time, you can go to the Parkland shooter, who you know has a weapon. Who? You okay, so this is another speaker. Um, okay. This is Cat uh, Brooks. The Chiron says Cat Brooks. It says Anti-Police Terror Project and Justice Teams Network. Now, I don't know how um, 
legitimate of a of how legitimately she's speaking up for the black community or the social justice community or the Democrats or anything like that. But I knew do know that from a 12 minute uh, press conference, the California Assembly Democrats, this is their YouTube channel, they selectively edited this down to this two and a half minutes. So let's see what she has to say, Cat Brooks. You know it's okay to use it, and he gets there alive. Dylan Roof. He gets there alive. So again, Nicholas Cruz, schoolyard shooter, shoots everybody up. His tactics were to blend in with the um, kids being evacuated after he ditches his weapons, but it was race-driven. Race was an issue. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a racial conspiracy that Nicholas Cruz was spared. And that we didn't just, you know, uh, decide that he was the bad guy, decide that he looked guilty enough and just didn't, you know, conduct our own little field tribunal and execute him on the spot. So that it seems like she's pushing some pretty dangerous ideas here. You can take to Burger King. Okay, so Dylan Roof. Dylan Roof was a kid somewhere in the South. He went to a church and he executed a bunch of black people inside their church while they were worshiping because he's trying to start a race war and she's saying that she's pointing out that we took him to burger king okay so she's suggesting i think that that has nothing to do with the fact that he's a jay or that he's taken into custody and you know subject to lengthy interviews and there are laws that say that we if we have you in custody for long enough, we will get sued and we will lose our jobs if we don't feed you. And she's suggesting that we t- took Dylan Roof, this, this homicidal maniac that killed worshipers in a church, as a, it's some form of celebration. That because Dylan Roof was white and police officers are by and largely white and we all have the same you know, racialized agenda, that that was some form of celebration. That, that we were uh, putting him up on a pedestal and we're celebrating this guy's uh, murderous exploits because we're all such a bunch of racists. I think that just makes her a horribly hateful uh, bitch. On his way to jail, but they handcuff our dead black and brown bodies before even attempting to render medical aid. So that doesn't have anything to do with anything else. She's just talking about the visual of when people are involved in trading gunfire with the police generally they are uh, handcuffed after they're shot because, you know, they may be faking their injuries, you know, they maybe they're, I don't know, there's tactical reasons why we do that. But she's cashing in on the, the visual. Enough is enough. enough this is law, enough. we think, will help prevent needless loss of life by having law enforcement agencies focus on increased training with de-escalization. De-escalization. Again, maybe this guy is that dumb. Maybe he's not Maybe he's not pandering to the guy standing behind him. Maybe he's just dim. With new officers going through the academy, but as well as existing police officers, it's time for justice for victims and families like the Clark family here, but like the Clark families all across California and our nation. This will help bring confidence to the public that we can be smarter and more humane with our policies. Uh, bringing about justice is not easy, but this is a necessary step that we can enact this year in California. Okay, so again, the clip is Assemblymember McCarty announces groundbreaking use of force legislation, and this is on the YouTube channel California Assembly Democrats, which again was taken from a longer clip, 
and the California Assembly Democrats on their YouTube channel saw fit to to uh, edit it down to those those specific two minutes and twenty eight seconds. So good job, California uh, supermajority. Okay, well, since I'm on the subject, I think I'm going to lasso Marilyn Mosby into this from uh, from Baltimore, Maryland. Okay, um, after the Freddie Gray incident, where Freddie Gray likely caused his own, per other passengers in the same wagon, said it sounded like he was trying to, uh, you know, harm himself, trying to uh, ram his head into the interior of the... Uh, of the wagon uh, while he was in transit. This is what Marilyn Mosby has had to say when she was given the uh, national limelight. I have heard your calls for uh, no justice, no peace. Your peace is, sincere, is sincerely needed as I work to deliver justice on behalf of this young man. Okay, I think it was Greta Van Susteren at the time, who's also uh, licensed to practice law. She's also a lawyer, and she had her own political commentary channel on one of the news channels at the time. Uh, she pointed out just how idiotic it was for Marilyn Mosby to say that. She was shocked that somebody licensed to practice law, somebody who was a prosecutor, was dumb enough to say that. I have heard your calls for no justice, no peace. Your, sincere, your peace is sincerely needed. What she's saying, she's promising to deliver uh, mob justice here. And she's not, she doesn't have the wit to see what she's saying and to see the implications and if I don't know that that's that's grounds for being disbarred. It should be grounds for being disbarred. But then again, in this political climate, especially in Maryland, there's not just going to there, there there's not going to be the um, moral will to see that anything like that happens because they see that she's a prosecutor and she's a black female, and they're going to let her get away with saying these asinine things like that. So then. Um, she, not long after that, she sees fit to charge six different officers with homicide. Okay. So anybody who had anything to do with the Freddie Gray arrest is charged with homicide. So if you're a supervisor, if you're the handcuffer, if you're the guy that sat him in the, in the, in the wagon, if you're the guy that drove him to the, to the house, if you're any of that, if you had anything to do with the Freddie Gray arrest, you, you are charged with homicide. So then she was reacting to some pushback from the police union, and this is what she said. It is absurd to think I don't have the police officers' backs. I come from five generations of police officers. Let me say that again. It is absurd to think I don't have the police officers' backs. I come from five generations of police officers. It's absurd to think you don't have their backs. You just charge six of them with homicide, okay, for a guy that didn't survive his ride to jail. How many other prisoners were in that were in that wagon and did they all die okay or did freddie gray on his 17th arrest 17th drug related arrest cause his own injuries very likely as per the 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 testimony of other uh detainees that were in that van so oh and then more recently more recently here's a good one this happened in Santa Rosa. Some uh, citizens were trying to show their appreciation for the police, and they gifted the Santa Rosa police with a some sort of um, thin blue line plaque. 
Here, let me pull this up. So naturally, they uh, went to, took to social media when they uh, received this plaque. There was photos of it on the departmental, you know, the Santa Rosa PD. Um, Santa Rosa PD uh, Facebook page. And then local activists, here's a, here's a surprise, here's a shocker. Uh, some local activists were outraged. Okay. So I'm going to read some of this. Santa Rosa police chief issued a public apology for sharing a photo on the department's Facebook page showing a thin blue line flag banner that was given to officers as a gift. Okay. Santa Rosa police chief Rainier Navarro said in a Facebook post on Tuesday that he posted the picture over the weekend to show the department's appreciation for the citizens who took the time to make the banner for them. For many, the thin blue line flag has always represented a way to honor the commitment we make as first responders to respect our community. Okay, but then he goes, but not everyone who saw the blue line flag or the blue line banner post agreed. While the post was intended to thank the community members who made the banner and for the community at large for their continued support, it offended some of those who viewed it. For this, I sincerely apologize. Okay, because some people saw a thin blue line banner and uh, they were offended because they sought out social media. They went to social, the people that hate the police went to their Facebook page, saw a thin blue line flag and were offended. So to those people, um, Chief Rainier Navarro is sincerely apologizing. Um, Chief immediately removed the photo featuring the citizen's gift and rushed to Facebook to apologize to his critics. It is disappointing that as in recent years, the thin blue line flag's positive connotation has been tarnished with divisive undertones and actions. We do not want to promote these negative connotations. He said he was swayed by those who found the post to be offensive. I saw and read the comments from members in our community and want you to know you have been heard. Okay. National Association for the, uh, the NAACP Sonoma County Chapter President Reuben Scott said it was especially egregious that the department posted the thin blue line photo just before MLK's birthday. Yeah, I'm sure that's what the, the racist, you know, KKK members who gifted that to the police were thinking when they gave them it. Yeah, timing was everything. Yeah, you're not a, cons uh, a conspirator. You're not a conspiracy theorist at all. It's one of those. This is what the NAACP Sonoma County guy had to say. It's one of those markers for certain people in our community that means stay in your place. And if you don't, there will be retaliation for it. Do you speak on behalf of all black people? Is that really what all black people think when they see a symbol like that? Stay in your place. And if you don't, there will be retaliation. Yeah, um, if that if that's the if that's the state of race relations in the in this country, we're all screwed. There, there's no coming back from this. If that's what you if that's what you really believe. Okay, Chief Navarro assured that the thin blue line banner was removed from public safety building altogether. Will no longer be used in any. Uh, departmental communications, including social media posts. It was a mistake. And he wants to foster a department the residents will be proud of. I think when he says the residents, he doesn't mean all the residents. I don't think he means the 80 to 85% of the residents who don't care 
or who think that's perfectly appropriate. I think he means it's the 10% of residents who are who hate the police, who uh, have more family members in prison, who identify with the offenders and will never shut up about that. No amount of public uh, of social justice will ever be enough. I think he wants those people to be proud of the Santa Rosa PD. Uh, when we make mistakes, we acknowledge them, blah, blah, blah. Thank you for working with us. Yeah, okay. And then he went on to ban any, uh, ban any similar banners in, the, uh, in, in his building, apparently. So I don't know. Um, I think... When I hear somebody like Chief, you know, Daniel Hahn or right now Rainier Navarro speak and respond to these things, it's as if they're unaware of the silent majority. You know, the, 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 the law-abiding, tax-paying citizens who may someday need the assistance of the, of the, the, the Santa Rosa, uh, local authorities, you know, SAC PD, Santa Rosa PD, whatever. No, he's only listening to the noisy, obnoxious local activists. Those are the only people that, that get a voice. I don't think that's sustainable. I think that's going to get us to ugly places. Okay, and here I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a YouTube clip. This is Douglas Murray. Um, he has published at 18. He's written a lot of best-selling books. More recently, he, re he wrote The um, Madness of Crowds which is about the same hysteria around race and around victimhood and around the, the victim mentality and identity politics. And uh, this, is this is a shorter clip, a five-minute clip taken from uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, and he's talking about um, this sort of thing, this lack of courage among people who should know better. I don't have much sympathy with public figures who say, I can't say what I think and I can't speak up and all this sort of thing. Can I just think, if you're not going to now, when are you going to? If you're not going to in this life, what life are you expecting to come where you'll do it? And so, no, I, I am, I, I'm, I'm comfortable, as comfortable as you can be in the end times, obviously, uh, 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 as everything's burning down and there's plagues of locusts coming our way. Um, I'm, you know, I, and I, I honestly urge other people to do the same. I, um, it's, 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 I can't say it's dandy, but it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's a pretty good life. I mean, I, you know, I, and, and I have the satisfaction of knowing that I'm not lying. And... For young people watching in particular, this is just one of the most important things because, as I say somewhere in Manners of Crowds, the, the problem with being told, the problem with going along with being told to bend the knee, raise the fist, jump through the hoop, is that it demoralizes you. Mm. And it makes you a smaller person inside. You... You, you will be demoralized because you'll know that you shouldn't have done that. And at some level, you will think badly of yourself for having done it. You'll feel regretful. You'll feel cowardly. And it will affect your life in other ways. And the opposite is also true. The person who doesn't stand with the mob, the person who doesn't go along with the mob, the person who refuses to walk with the crowd will feel quietly but significantly better about themselves and I think will be a better person 
and they will achieve more in their lives, whatever that is, because they will have self-respect. And that's what these that's what totalitarian movements across history always knew was that you grind people down and make them agree to lies because you will then be able to make them do anything. Anyway, so, yeah, that's basically where I'm going at with this one, is I'd like to see more courage from police chiefs and elected sheriffs and the command staff all the way down to the officers because this this isn't looking good. This is just a, a failure of courage. This is a lack of backbone. And this is going to have a horrible effect on the on the morale of police officers. And uh, a lot of good, worthy, hardworking, talented officers are going to start... Uh, um, there's going to be an exodus from law enforcement if some of these people don't show some backbone and take a stand. And uh, I think I'll leave it there.